What's working on purpose anyway? Each week we ponder the answer to this question. People ache for meaning and purpose at work, to contribute their talents passionately and know their lives really matter. They crave being part of an organization that inspires them and helps them grow into realizing their highest potential. Business can be such a force for good in the world, elevating humanity. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration to help usher in this world we all want, working on purpose. Now, here is your host, Dr. Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose program. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Dr. Luis Cortez, joining you live from Dallas, Texas. By way of introduction, if you don't know me, I'm a management consultant specializing in meaning and purpose, organizational logotherapist, inspirational speaker, social scientist, and author. There are many ways we can work together. You can check me out at elisecortez.com or gusto-now.com to learn how, and there are some free resources for you as well there. If you've been tuning in for a while, you know this program is a thought leadership series that enlightens and inspires listeners and viewers with insights from distinguished business leaders, authors, and subject matter experts. And by listening in, you're part of the movement to create inspirational leaders and enlivening workplaces where we can thrive and do business that betters the world. Glad you're here. With us today is Brandon Peel, a Midwesterner, author, impact entrepreneur, and an expert in purpose, leadership, and culture change. He's the founder of Unity Lab and the author of Planet on Purpose, your guide to genuine prosperity, authentic leadership, and a better world. We'll be talking about the science behind purpose, the discovery and expression of purpose, and the reformation of purpose among some nations today. He joins us today from San Diego. Brandon, welcome to Working on Purpose. It's great to be here. So great to have you. And as I said to you before we came on air together, you are brilliant. And I'm very, very happy to have read your book cover to cover and get exposed to that fine mind of yours. It's beautiful in there. And it's, it's, I know it's been through a lot. So to kick us off here, um, I just think it would be amazing. You were so open about your story and your past and your journey in your book, which I really appreciated. Um, but give us a glimpse. I mean, I consider that you were in a bit of an existential search for meaning and purpose, if we could say that, mm-hmm. and you were thrashing about the world to discover it. Would you say a little bit just for our listeners and viewers to understand just where you've come from? I know we don't have time to cover it all, but let's let's get a smattering. Yeah, well, so I, I could certainly, um, I don't even know where to begin, but I was raised in the Midwest. And uh, <laughs> you know, as you probably know, Purpose isn't a big conversation right now in the Midwest, or at least it wasn't when I was uh, growing up in the 80s. And I was lost. I kind of, you know, did everything I was supposed to do, probably like you, you know, played sports, dated the cheerleaders, went to the good school, got a good job. And by the time I was in my late 20s, I was like, if this is success, I don't want it. Like this, like 80 hours a week, floating between Excel, PowerPoint, I'm like, no. Now, I, I don't mean to take it that away because for a lot of people, that's like very fulfilling. But for me, it was just like, I, I think I su- am successful according to this old game, but it wasn't me. And so, you know, as I shared in the book, I threw myself into drugs and alcohol and had a six state arrest record by the time I was 28. <laughs> and uh, yeah, luckily I had the good fortune to begin to do self-awareness work, which um is something that most folks don't typically get to until their 30s, 40s, 50s. So I uh, was very fortunate to begin that journey in my 20s. 
Well, and I want, if I can, listeners and viewers, just look at this man and listen to this man, right? So the presence is just so beautiful. And I, I just want to really applaud you for the work that you've done at the age that you have. And you, from what I can tell, Brandon, you really are an expert in purpose. And and, and that comes from someplace. So I really appreciate, and listeners and viewers, you just got to pick up the book. The journey this man has been on is incredible. So um, thank you, Brandon, for sharing it as beautifully as you did and being who you are. I'm thrilled to be you know, on this path with you. So um, I learned a lot from you, too, by reading your book. And uh, one of the things I think is really interesting about the work we both get to do in the purpose space is a, a lot of people out there tend to believe that either you have discovered your purpose or you haven't. It's just sort of an on or an off switch. And of course, you know better than that because you've written about it. And so I think it would be really interesting for our, our listeners and viewers to hear you narrate those four phases or stages that you talk about yeah so um there there are some folks for whom they don't even know that purpose is a thing and that doesn't mean they're not living their purpose right we all have values we all have in essence uh, a way of being that people know that is we're being truly ourselves so it's always available to everybody in in that sense um now once we start to name purpose and say okay there's this guiding principle, this, this thread that goes through your life, your seat assignment here on earth. Then mm-hmm. there's kind of some more stages available. Um, the first, or I should say the second stage is the declared purpose. You just say, Hey, I have decided I'm going to be VP of my company or the number one mom, or, you know, you just make something up. Essentially you, you saw somebody else's purpose. and I kind of want to be that. And so you declare it and it comes very much from a, a place of preference or ego level. And there's nothing wrong with that. And some of the most highly successful people in the world are like stage two ego level purpose folks. I won't name names because there's a lot of controversy out there around <laughs> a lot of these folks. Um, now, once folks get enough success on their ego purpose, you know, like kind of how I mentioned in my 20s where I, okay, I got a job in investment banking, traveling a lot, pretty girlfriends. Okay. My ego is kind of all out of cards. It doesn't really know where to go from here. <laughs> and, and sometimes, it, you know, there's breakdowns, there's purpose crises where people are like, you know, I've, I got a DUI or I got divorced or I lost my job or, or something bad happened. But that's usually where the, uh, the call is heard. Like, I, there's something more for me than just this success machine. Like, I'm, I'm something else. Um, now, it can happen other ways, too. But it happens in the United States, usually through that lens. Like, I've done everything I can do mm-hmm. with my tiny little brain. I need to, like, move from, into my heart, into my soul, into the world in, in some way that's meaningful. And that's where we get to stage three. And that's basically authentic purpose, soul purpose, higher purpose, whatever you want to say. Now, once you have enough time on task, uh, living from your higher purpose, you tend to, uh, and I, I can, I'm only speaking theoretically based on what I've studied and the folks who I've interviewed and talked to, cause I am not at stage four, but there are people who are there. Um, and I've had the good fortune to meet with them and they essentially inhabit the world differently. They are essentially stewards of the human condition. They, they, they're fully responsible. So they don't look at anything out there that says that's wrong. That shouldn't be there. They, they can kind of see it like, okay, that thing has a purpose and it either is fulfilling on it or it is not. And this unified purpose or, or unity level purpose is where most spiritual paths actually get to. Uh, but this particular path is one that is through your soul purpose, your higher purpose. 
Hmm, beautiful rendition. And let me acknowledge one of our listeners here who's on listening, who just said, this is really great information. Dr. Wanda Moore, thank you for listening in and being with us. Yes, it is great information. And thanks for being with us. So I want to get to the science piece. You are very uniquely um, competent, if you will, or uniquely qualified to be a purpose guide because of the, just really how much you've dug into the science. And your, your book is extremely meaty and full of science. We won't have time to get into all the areas, but if we can, if we can start with the science behind um, career, and if we have time to hit all the other, some of the other ones, I'll, I'll, I'll cue you up. But let's start there. Science behind the career. Yeah. I mean, this essentially comes down to some very old wisdom. So my book, The Science of Purpose, none of it, there's nothing new under the sun. Like it's literally saying, if you are yourself, you are going to be more successful. Now, since most people don't know themselves, they've been trying to become some version of success that is, you know, maybe aligned, but likely not. They're just trying to become somebody else. So um, the science of purpose is really straightforward here. If you discover your higher purpose, and you have a life and career that is aligned with that, you're more likely to be fulfilled at work. You're more likely to make more money. You're going to have a longer tenure. You're going to have a greater impact. You have more meaningful relationships. You're more content. And, and basically what it comes down to is you don't see your career or really any of the circumstances as uh, existentially threatening because mm-hmm. you have your own narrative going on. Like, hey, I'm just showing up doing my thing, empowering those people to do their thing. And the result is I just tend to be the one that gets picked for the promotion or gets hired away to start a new company or it just happens to meet somebody on a plane because when people are aligned, they're exuding that kind of authentic energy, that essence. And that's who people want to work with. And that's who gets picked Mm-hmm. You know, how I discovered this, Brandon, was um, from my PhD, which is in human development. I studied the inter- the relationship between identity and meaning in work. And then I expanded it greatly to a bigger audience. And I found these 15 modes of engagement, which included um, levels of meaning, kinds of meaning. And then, of course, the relationship between the person and the work. And one of those modes that I discovered is called living your purpose. And people who talk about who exhibit that particular mode describe their work as it's incredibly meaningful, very, very, very fulfilling, very high levels of value and meaning. And their work is inseparable from who they are. There's no, they can't distinguish the work from themselves or the person from the work. Um, And so I, I, when I did that research, I wasn't experiencing that mode. I was experiencing the self-actualizing mode, which is a few below it. And then one day, accidentally, it came out of my mouth that I was living my purpose and I, because I've sort of <laughs> gone along. It was amazing, right? But just exactly what you're saying, that it, however you said that congruence or that, that authenticity, that alignment is really interesting. Yeah, and it's not always there either. Like, it, it kind of comes in and out, uh, right. almost like, a, you know, the old TVs before, you know, you just press a button. <laughs> I remember but, but you had to kind of like tune them. And, and, and I find myself off purpose all the time. My wife will tell you that. She's like, what, who are you? Like, stop it. <laughs> Bring Brandon back already. <laughs> but, but the idea is like if you, if you put conscious awareness to it, at least you, you know what it feels like when you're on. People who love you and stand for you know that too. And, yes. and then yes. show up that way. Well, um, one of the things that you said in the book, just if we can cover this really quick, I found this really, really quite interesting. And just recently, I've had a couple of discoveries is um, you also talk about the science of purpose in health. And that is fascinating to me. So share for our listeners and viewers how that works. So I'll, I'll just share a couple causal data points here. And again, I'm not a medical person. I do not have a PhD I, or an MD or any, any of that. I'm just, yes. just re- relaying what the smart people have said. <laughs> and uh, 
that, that, that essentially when people know their purpose, they, they, they experience less stress because they're not, re- like I said, not reacting to the environment out there so much, but they're, they're generating from their purpose. And so their personal narrative is like, oh, okay, everything's fine. I didn't win this one, but I'll try it differently tomorrow as opposed to, oh, my God, everything's terrible. Cue the cortisol, you know, cue the adrenaline. And those are the things that actually aid you. So they uh, tear down the, the walls of your cells, shorten your and, and damage the uh, telomeres, your DNA strands. And w- what they found is that folks who know the purpose have lower levels of cholesterol, healthier telomere strands, healthy cellular walls. And they live longer, up to seven years longer. So it's essentially a best purpose or a best practice in life uh, up there with, you know, yoga and eight hours of sleep and eating well and being nice to people. And, um, right. It's just not something that, uh, you know, a lot of people know about. There's a, uh, a guy up in um, Michigan, Vic Strecker. Maybe you've heard of his work. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. He's a, and he says, if people knew the benefits of purpose, it would be the wonder drug of the millennium. Absolutely. It literally, it's like career, health, love life, society. Like everything gets better when, when people fulfill on who they are. Yeah. Well, and then what I also found really, really compelling, because I did know those stats, right? I knew all those other things that you talked about before. But the part that was new for me that you wrote about, Brandon, was that when we're really living and working from our purpose, that we naturally start to let go of of things that actually diminish our health. We don't want them anymore. They don't serve us anymore. And so you talk about how your Aunt Katie stopped smoking cigarettes after, what, 40 years of smoking cigarettes because she got more connected to why in the world she's here. And yeah. I think that is profound. I mean, just profound, Brandon. Yeah. I mean, I was blown away. I had, ju- I had just started my career as a guide. And my aunt's like, hey, will you guide me? I'm like, of course, of course. And then, you know, we did our work, calls me up nine months later. She's like, I quit smoking. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? What's your, what are you done with my aunt? Yeah. I mean, my, my people of Midwest, you know, we are hard partying Irish Catholic, you know, <laughs> folks. And she's always got a Diet Pepsi in one hand and a Marlboro 100 in the other. And <laughs> Since the moment I was born, like that's, that's who she was, right? And, I, and I'm like, you what? She's like, yeah, it's just stupid. I don't need to do this anymore. I know what my life is about. I'm like, great. And she hasn't smoked. She hasn't smoked. I think in eight years now. Uh, it's amazing. It is amazing, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to this. This purpose stuff works. I'm telling you, it's just amazing. It's phenomenal. Um, I want to quickly cover, if we can, before we hit our first break, a little bit about the science of purpose in a better world. And I know we'll say more about that as we go through the segments here, but just if you can cue that up. Wow. Uh, this is the part that gets me most excited, uh, especially here in the United States when we have a lot of non-purpose level identities around uh, ethnicity, around uh, politics, around, you know, boomers versus millennial, urban versus rural. So basically what purpose does is it it, it loosens those ties that aren't your, your soul's purpose, your higher purpose. And so you begin to show up in a way that isn't feeding the discord. Mm. And because you know who you are, your values, you're, you're acting on those in society. So people who know the purpose are 50% more likely to be engaged in civic organizations, philanthropy. They're four times more likely to want to live in a, in a diverse area because they're not afraid of other people. They're just like, hey, you're a human. I'm a human. You're, you're from a different place. That's weird. Cool. Let's talk about it. As opposed to like, ah, get away. Yeah. 
Oh, it's just wondrous. It's magic, Brandon. I'm so happy I met you. You're never getting away from me. You know that, right? <laughs> um, let's grab our first break. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We were in there with Brandon Peel, a Midwesterner, author, impact entrepreneur, and an expert in purpose, leadership, and culture change. He's the founder of Unity Lab and the author of Planet on Purpose, your guide to genuine prosperity, authentic leadership, and a better world. We've been talking a bit about his own work, of how he got into the purpose space, his own seeking, and some of the things that he knows about purpose. After the break, we're going to talk about the discussion and expression of purpose. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Dr. Elise Cortez is a management consultant specializing in meaning and purpose. An inspirational speaker and author, she helps companies visioneer for greater purpose among stakeholders and develop purpose-inspired leadership and meaning-infused cultures that elevate fulfillment, performance, and commitment within the workforce. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at EliseCortez.com. Let's talk about how to get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Dr. Elise Cortez. To reach our program today or open a conversation with Elise, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. I'm Dr. Lise Cortez. For those of you who don't know, in the pandemic, I had a baby. Yes, it's a book. <laughs> don't get worried. Wait a minute. Don't you have a 17-year-old? Yes, I do. Um, it's called Purpose Ignited. And I really wrote the book to awaken readers to their passion, inspiration, and purpose and help create them foundationally as an inspirational leader. And it's so much fun. Uh, I actually am working on the next book, Brandon, So, be, as you know, right, um, which is more about activating it. But so happy you're with us, Brendan Peel. I like to call out that he calls himself a Midwesterner, an author, impact entrepreneur, and an expert in purpose, leadership, culture, and, and culture change. Um, and definitely, Brendan, as I said to you earlier, I, I have done a lot of work. I've had a lot of people on my show talking about purpose, and you are certainly very, very um, singled out in terms of your, your expertise. I'm really happy to share it with my listeners. All right, so I want to talk about the discovery here and some of the expression through leadership of purpose. It's really interesting how you how you do this. And um, you, one of the things that you talk about that I have recently come into understanding is the, the criticality of embracing our sacred wounds in this whole journey. I don't think most people really understand how important that is, and I didn't either. Why is it so important to do this work? So... Uh, as you're aware, uh, but for the folks who, who aren't, uh, there's multiple aspects of purpose. It's not like this, you know, singular thing, you know, uh, like a tablet that was given to you by your creator or something like that. There's there's aspects of it. So one of them that is probably the most motivating for me anyways is heartbreak. It's the call. It's like the, the core need that you were deprived of or it was taken from you at an early age. And because it's missing, we want it. <laughs> we value it. We think it's really important. We want to make sure everybody has it. And so, you know, uh, one of my favorite yoga teachers, uh, Sean Korn, talks about this all the time. She's like, purpose is on the other side of your wound. You got to go into the wound and then you'd be like, oh my God, this is the world I'm creating for people uh, because I know how important it is and I don't want to live in a world where people don't get that. So, you know, for me, it's all about blessing. It's all about uh, being seen and heard for who I really am. 
yeah. growing up in the Midwest, super conformist. I wasn't, and I was shamed every time I tried to show up as myself and told to like get back, get back in line. Uh, it, but for others, it's 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 much more serious stuff around poverty, abuse, you know, neglect. Uh, and when we start to pull those threads and, and to heal those inner wounds, uh, we first have to name them. And then once we're on the other side, we see, oh, wow, this I'm more whole because I've healed this wound and I can create that same thing for others. That is so powerful, Brandon. Beautifully or uh, ele- um, ele- what do I want to say? Elocuted, if there's if that's a word. <laughs> that's not, let's make it up. It probably is. You can probably uh, okay. play it on Scrabble. Uh, okay, awesome. <laughs> um, all right. Well, the other thing that you do that I think is really useful, and you, I've seen you do this in, a, in your book as well as one, as well as in Purpose Rising that you have a chapter in, which I, was a fa- fantastic book as well. Loved it. Um, you talk about these 10 aspects of our purpose, and you say they must be uncovered in order for us to move from uh, stage two to three. Um, can you share at least a few of those for our listeners so they start to really uncover this process we're talking about here? Yeah. And, and as I shared in the book, uh, there's like four of them that will get you about 80% of the way. And so the other six are important and they, and they round out the picture. But as soon as we get kind of who we are at our core, like our essence, as soon as we uh, understand our story, can powerfully tell it, it's basically answering the question, am, am I worthy? Like, yeah, you survived the heck of a lot. You're worthy. That mm-hmm. story piece. Then the craft, like what it is that you are meant to contribute. You know, as Tim Kelly, the guy who wrote the forward of my book, yeah. um, esteemed Titan in this space, talks about it. It's like there is a, uh, a, a blessing, a craft, uh, an opus inside each human soul. And it can be something as simple as helping people move from one place in their life to another or cr- turning a, a craft, like literally a craft, like a textile or a piece of furniture into something that's never been done before or that's been done in, in a unique way. So, so those are really, really important. Uh, now, there's other pieces, too. Purpose isn't all about like serious identity, existential stuff. It's actually very fun. Mm-hmm. So there's aspects of flow that bring us into our body. So for me, I have aspects of my flow that have nothing to do with my heartbreak, my vision for the world, my life story. I can't explain it. It's just true, right? Like I love singing karaoke. <laughs> I don't know why. I love it. <laughs> Makes no sense. I love whales. I love watching my wife sleep. Like things that have nothing to do with who I am on a day-to-day basis, but it's what other folks might call passions or um yeah, just kind of like deep, deep fascinations. You can't not explain mm. it. It's, it mm. doesn't make any sense. You just want, you want it. It's like almost like a desire in a sense. Um, and then there are, there are things that actually take a very long time to develop. So our vision for the world, our mission, these are things that like I'll never be done with. Um, I, I hope to see meaningful improvements in terms of the vision that I want for humanity. Everyone has found their purpose. And we're collaborating from that place. But who knows what's what's after that, and and so so there there are, there are some aspects that are kind of you you can you can touch now, but you'll never really fully grasp them in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are just a few, and I, I like to think of them as 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 you know parts of a tree. So I talk about this purpose tree in the book that you have the root structure, you know, around your your virtues and your and your core, and then its expression in the world. So it's being pulled up from the bottom, you know, from your heartbreak, from your vision. And then it gets expressed in terms of your craft, in terms of your mission, in terms of your powers, all that. Mm-hmm. 
And it's beautifully said, too, and I really appreciate how you articulate that in your book. Um, the tree is actually very useful. And the other thing that I guess I just keep coming back to whenever I have conversations about purpose is just the importance of the ongoing investigation, doing, looking for it, doing the work. And, you know, a big reason that I wrote that first book is because when I would be out speaking, Brandon, I would ask people, what are you what are you passionate about? What are you most passionate about? And do you know what the number one response was when I would ask that question across the board? I don't know. They would they would realize oh, I don't know what I'm passionate about. Well, gosh, if you don't if you don't know what you're passionate about, you probably don't know your purpose then either. Let's get to work on this, right? So you and I are definitely, you know, arm in arm in this. It's just so important. And I'm so grateful that I, I get to be part of your community as well. Um, love that you brought us together. It's amazing. Um and then both of us also do a lot of work with leaders. And so I think it would it'd be really interesting and useful for you to also share how purpose is expressed differently through those four stages that we talked about in the first mm-hmm. segment. Yeah. Um, I don't want to bore our readers with too much detail or our listeners with too much detail. Uh, it's, it's obviously there in the book, but I do want to make one key distinction here uh, that distinguishes what, what we normally associate with leaders and what actually is leadership. I love so, it. I, I like to say, and I don't know if somebody else probably said this first, so I, don't, I can't take, I probably shouldn't take credit for it, but uh, that without, without purpose, there is no leadership. It's just management. You're just mm. cracking whips, you know, care, mm. taking people towards some goal. And you may care about it, you may not. But a, a leader is somebody who has done that inner work, who knows their higher purpose, their sole purpose, and can communicate with everybody uh, not only what is their purpose, but they're speaking for the purpose of everybody on their team. Wow. And so they're hopefully creating opportunities for those, those folks to self-actualize, discover their purpose and bring it to work. But they're standing for it. They're getting into these practices of purposeful leadership. And that's always talking about the meaning, the story, the why behind everything we're doing. Not yep. just what and yep. by when, but why this matters, how it's going to impact people's lives, how it's going to change the environment, how it's going to improve our democratic ideals, whatever it is. So they're always telling the story so that it contextualizes every single action in like we are moving this this whole team down the field. It's not not just one player throwing a football. It's, it's like the whole team moves and we're advancing something we all care about. Um, so I'll, I'll pause there, but if you want to go into greater detail on the different levels and, and who's activated at that level and who's not, you know. Yeah, um, I, I, I probably should have started on, on the personal front first, but I went right into leadership. But um, I really like what you said about this whole notion of, of weaving the context into all of those, into all the actions that just that's it takes so much work to do that. Right. To be able to do that and really be mindful about it, to be conscious, to be aware of that. I think it's just so incredible. So it's just a whole different level of impact. And I also appreciate what you said about, um, you know, that you distinguish that without purpose. It really isn't leadership. And I had a gentleman on my radio show a little bit uh, ago, Tim Spiker, and he talks about how. Uh, and uh, 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 someone with an unexamined life is not worth following. Right? <laughs> Why would we follow someone who hasn't examined their life? Anyway, just really interesting stuff. So um, maybe what would be useful, and let me also acknowledge what um, what Ann Schiffler said here. She's on online listening to us. She, she says, the tree analogy is very interesting. I never thought of it like that before. So another gift for you, Ann. Um, thanks to Brandon. Um, so, so would you though, Brandon, um, on, from a personal vantage point, just kind of talk about the expression of purpose through those four stages? Yeah. Uh, so the the first stage is is you know no connection to purpose. So you're essentially employee consumer. 
you know, uh, moving away from things you don't want to do and moving towards things you do want to do. It's very much ego kind of preference. Um, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, you know, if you don't know, you don't know. You're not bad. Uh, and then the second stage is, oh, I want to be successful. I want to be good at the thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I imagine there probably was a little bit of that motivation. You getting your PhD, you're like, I'm gonna, I'm getting those letters. I'm going for it. I want to study this thing, and and like, I want to achieve my full potential. Yeah. Um, and and that's and that's a huge initiation to be able to like throw yourselves against the rocks of your <laughs> advisors and steering committee and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's it's no joke. Uh, so I'm not discounting kind of level two uh, purpose at all. Um, and, and folks who are showing up at, at that level are, was, you know, basically what I referred to earlier, like managers, just regular folks who are trying to get ahead by playing the rules of somebody else's game. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. Um, now once we start to awaken our purpose, that's where we become essentially impact entrepreneurs or, um, social entrepreneurs or agents of change, because we know that there is uh, we have a unique message, a unique gift to bring to the world, and that it doesn't fit in anybody else's organization or job description. Um, and I'm going to say something that might seem a little shocking. Like, there's no such thing as a doctor or a teacher or a nurse or a mechanic. Those are expressions of somebody's purpose. Mm, and so like that. once we activate our, our identity, those roles, those for-profit roles or, you know, career roles are expressions of who we are. So we have some agency from them. We're not identified with that role. And our only care and concern is I must be fully self-expressed. I must serve people uh, from my highest good. And that's it. That's it. And if, I, and if I win, great. If I lose, great. I get up and play the game again tomorrow. You know, so, so these are folks who... You know, you, you, you see them there, um, you know, many of the folks who have uh, started and run B Corps, um, many of the folks who identify as conscious capitalists, they've, yes. they've started things and started to do uh, or build businesses, build organizations that are, are seeking to have an impact first and a profit, sef- a profit second. Now, like I said, after many, many years time on task they then kind of graduate into my purpose is the purpose of humanity and all of existence and i see folks who i i judge and again i'm not i'm not a a a scientist like you and holly but i judge folks like eileen fisher uh chip conley uh yvonne chuanard from patagonia you know folks who have been at it for years if not decades um, throwing themselves against the rocks, mm-hmm. trying to live their soul's purpose. Yeah, and, and, and they, yeah, and, and they sh- and they show up as as true, genuine elders of this very fragile spaceship. Yeah. And these are the folks who I aspire to be. I am not there, but I aspire to be them, and I have lots of work ahead of me. Mm, that is just brilliant, Brandon. Let me just say, as a logotherapist, uh, that's existential psychology, Dr. Victor Frankel's work, um, what we're really doing in logotherapy is among many other things, is helping people to presence meaning in the everyday moments because meaning is that ultimate thing that we're after and it's it's the motivation, it's the key motivational force. And this is really important, that we are at our best as human beings when we experience that dynamic tension between who we are today and who we're striving to become tomorrow. So that you're striving to become a level four or a stage four, as am I, of course. There's 
there's health in that, there's spirit in that, there's energy in that, there's thriving in that. So just really want to celebrate for you and to our listeners that, you know, there's it, there's wonder in the striving and it's, it's, it's a terrific part of health. So to striving. And with that, let's grab our last break. All right. Um, I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been in the air with Brandon Peel. He is a Midwesterner, author, impact entrepreneur, and an expert in purpose, leadership, and culture change. He's the founder of Unity Lab and the author of Purpose on a Planet on Purpose, your guide to genuine prosperity, authentic leadership, and a better world. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Afterwards, we're going to talk about um, purpose and cosmic awareness and the purposeful reformation of nations. Really good, meaty stuff. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Dr. Elise Cortez is a management consultant specializing in meaning and purpose. An inspirational speaker and author, she helps companies visioneer for greater purpose among stakeholders and develop purpose-inspired leadership and meaning-infused cultures that elevate fulfillment, performance, and commitment within the workforce. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at EliseCortez.com. Let's talk about how to get your employees working on on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Dr. Elise Cortez. To reach our program today or open a conversation with Elise, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. Another announcement that came out of the pandemic was we launched Gusto Now, which is an online e-learning platform. And how that came about was I wanted to go back and look for other ways that I could be of service. And I realized that I love speaking Spanish and Portuguese because I lived in Spain and Brazil. So now all my courses are in Spanish, English and Portuguese. So that was fun. If you're just joining us, guests, my guest is Brandon Peel. He is the author of um, Planet on Purpose and also the founder of Unity Labs. We've been talking about about, about his book and some of the work that he's been doing. Now we want to get into something that's even what I consider to be some of the best meat of your book and certainly in alignment with some of my emerging interests, Brandon. And that's this what notion of what I would call... Um, this sort of um, cosmic awareness that seems to be happening for a lot of us. And so to get into this, um, one of the things that I that I found really interesting is um, as I was reading Purpose Rising and other books as well that you have a, a chapter in, I, I also was told about a, a documentary called My Octopus Teacher. Have you seen mm. it by chance? Oh, it's amazing. It's fantastic. I have seen it seven times. Seven times. <laughs> Holy cow, wow. And, and the reason why is because I, there's something there. There's more to it there. And what it really gave me, Brandon, was um, really what I think you're talking about toward the end of your book is this notion of, you know this um, this uh, this awareness across the universe <clears throat> that we all are tapped into and, and can contribute and are contributing to whether we are conscious of it or not. So I wanted to talk a little bit about just kind of you know this this whole notion here of um, that and and I want I want you to if you would I don't even know where this came from for you but this is fairly recent for me but I guess I'd like you to talk about where did this come in your journey how long have you been aware of this where did it come from. Mm-hmm. What is how is it registering for you? And how um, would you call it this thing that, that I'm calling it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, so uh, there's a couple things. Uh, one, just from the the craft of purpose, uh, it's often talked about as the bridge between the soul and the world. So, like your soul and the world. Mm-hmm. Now, 
individual purpose discovery work is pretty much focused on the individual, you know, right. like who you are, what you create, what you care about, what breaks your heart, the world you want to create. But very little attention is usually paid to the exterior world. Mm-hmm. And if the world is going like this, which <laughs> it was going like this in 2016, 17, 18, when I was writing this book, and it's totally going like this right now. Mm-hmm. So we're stretching a bridge between individual souls and a chaotic world. Mm-hmm. And so we have to spend some of our time as leaders, definitely. And I, I would also argue that every human being needs to be in relationship to the heartbreak out there in the world. Um, in, in inquiring into what actually is reality. And I would say maybe 15 years ago, I discovered the work of Ken Wilber. Um, and, you know, it, just that there are holes within holes. Everything has got a purpose. Like every piece of my cell serves, has its own purpose and also serves the purpose of, uh, of uh, that cell. And that cell serves the purpose of the organ. The organ serves the purpose of the body. The body serves the purpose of the different units I'm associated with, my marriage, my community, the organizations I serve, you know, all that. And so if we, if we take that view that there's purpose all the way up and all the way down, who we are as a species needs to be in relationship to that. And so we inhabit this planet. Uh, and basically what I, you know, I'd start to share in, in part three of my book is because I've never done purpose work on a planet. <laughs> I have colleagues who do it on nations. Uh, but I was like, okay, well, if I was to do the purpose of the earth, the purpose of humanity, what might that look like? And so I just kind of, you know, deduced that, you know, who we are based on our relationship to all these larger holes is some kind of steward, some kind of medium point. You know, as I shared in the book, we are literally the average size of in the in the whole cosmos. We're we're the the the, the Goldilocks condition of of <laughs> medium averageness to be wow. able to appreciate everything all the way down and all the way up. Or at, at least our vantage point is uniquely situated in that way. Mm-hmm. We also have the highest energy rate uh, density throughput. So, like a human being is crazy unique. We use and expel more energy than anything else in the cosmos. We are like literally the most complex thing thus far. I mean, who knows what else is out there? I shared some of that, <laughs> some of the thinking that says you are probably not alone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a lot of research on that. Um, but but basically, to orient ourselves as a species, we have to understand where we sit within those nested holes. And so we have to have some understanding of the purpose of the cosmos, the purpose of uh, the Earth's ecosystem, and the purpose of humanity within that ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we kind of get to this idea of cosmos sapien. And I think it was Brian Swim. Very uh, sexy term, by the way. Super sexy. <laughs> Uh, and, I, and who knows? Uh, actually, I think I saw this was maybe four or five years ago because I initially started writing a book called Cosmos Sapien maybe seven, eight years ago. Um, but I saw a book that was called something Cosmos Sapien. I'm like, all right, it's out there. Great. People are talking about it. Who knows if they mean the same thing? But but uh, Brian Swim, who teaches up at uh, California Institute for Integral Studies, has written a number of beautiful books. Um, has basically said that uh, if we take this long view to really try to understand what it means to inhabit this cosmos, uh, it's very hard to deny that the cosmos is alive. 
because there is life in the cosmos Mm -hmm. and we have seen so much organic matter and you know like i said we're disclosing things all the time that suggest that there's probably more going on out there than just human beings staring at their navels there's a lot of stuff happening Mm -hmm. so as brian says he's like you know at one point the earth was full of molten lava and toxic gases and then at another point it has sonatas and arias and what he suggests is that the cosmos is or i should say complex life forms like ourselves we are the central nervous system of the cosmos we are the cosmos becoming self-aware yeah um and so for us to inhabit our own individual purpose and then inhabit the purpose of these larger wholes our families communities uh corporations countries you know uh inter nation governing agencies like the UN and, and OECD and all that. We have to be aware that what it is that we're within. If we, if we hold that we're just a lifeless blue dot or like a, a, a blue dot that, that has life amidst a bunch of stuff that is not life, that creates a certain set of outcomes like yeah. destroying the planet, sure does. <laughs> like, like hurting everything that's sacred. Mm-hmm. But, but if we hold it, that we are the cosmos awakening, then we suddenly start to act differently. Mm-hmm. Be, that is like, so like, beautiful, Brandon. It just, I, listeners and viewers, you got to weigh in on this stuff. So if you're not <laughs> listening live, reach out to me and let's talk about this. I think this is incredibly alluring, exciting, and enlivening in every way. And one of the things quickly to say to you, Craig Foster, who, who created my octopus teacher. Uh, I just, I really am a fan of what you're doing because uh, I, for me, that's what, what happened for me, Brandon, is it opened uh, a window of possibility for me to see um, humans differently and understand really more of the complexity, the beautiful interdependence of the world and everything in it. And yes, this notion that everything really is aware. And, you know, we've been saying, oh, we're the only ones that get this. And I just think that is so self-serving and limiting. So, <laughs> right? <laughs> Stop right. that already. Um, so I just loved re- what you wrote. And I just think it's brilliant. And please do more of it. Um, so, um, all right. So we were coming close here. And I want to make sure that you, you hit two more questions for me. One of the things that you also write about and that we talked about, too, is this notion that there are some institutions and it sounds like some of your fellow colleagues are doing this uh, institutions and sovereign nations are beginning um, purposeful reformation. That is so amazing. What the heck is that? What's happening? What are they doing? Yeah. So they're basically doing purpose processes on nations. And yeah, uh, Tim Kelly, the guy I wrote the forward for my book, he's he's done work with the state of Israel and the state of Colombia. And I I keep elbowing him like, hey, what are you going to help the United States? We're (laughs) we're killing ourselves. He's like, you're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. And I think we're getting closer uh, to being ready to to really fully inhabiting and and discovering who we are as a nation, but uh, it's a body of work that absolutely exists. Uh, there are folks who do it at the organizational level, like you and I do. Uh, right. So why not an entire country? And that's what gets me excited that I get 
hopefully another 40 some odd years on this planet to watch the United States step into its purpose. Like I'm so excited. I would be so bummed if I died like five years ago and like missed this whole. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So keep taking care of yourself because we need you. Well, and I, I'm, you know, this is where we get to be humble and and embarrassed about our humanness. Right. It it didn't occur to me, even though I did like you, I do work with with organizations to help them discover and articulate their purpose. It didn't occur to me that institutions and nations might do that. Mm -hmm. That's just amazing. That is an opportunity. And, 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 and so of course you, you say, and in our conversations and in your book that more nations are beginning to ask themselves, why are we here? What, what do we believe is, are we up to in the world? And so I guess I do want to hear your perspective on why do you think the United States exists? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's obviously not for me to say I'm not God or the purpose Pope or anything like that. Um, Ooh, the purpose Pope. I like that. Okay. <laughs> we should have probably have some Cardinals, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> just make it happen. Brandon. <laughs> uh, so what is interesting is that at least over the last 10, 20 years, um, folks have begun to see that how we are inhabiting our, our this planet as, a, as political economies, as, as cultures is somehow out of step with human nature. And I think almost most Western slash modern countries, depending on what the right word is for that, uh, would say that. They say like, we have a culture and a political economy that is dissonant from human nature. So at minimum, how we're showing up as human beings isn't actually who we are. Mm. And the last 10, 20 years, people have been again, okay, well, let's measure what it actually means to be a human being. Like, let's throw GDP away. Let's throw all this other stuff away. And let's look at what, what actually is flourishing. What actually does it mean to be a human being that's a social animal uh, on this planet? And how do we measure that? So we got, you know, new, new metrics like, you know, gross national happiness and happy planet index and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, Stiglitz and uh, out of Columbia, he's helping France with, with their kind of quantifying the, the French way of life through numbers, like cool. all, all kinds of beautiful things. Now, the United States is, a, is very unique because it's so young. It is so immature uh, from a uh, soul culture um, perspective, right? We, and we, we, we've we've grabbed the tail of the tiger on something, right? It's, it's thrust us into, you know, the last 100, 150 years of uh, scientific material achievement, right? We, we've got something here that is different than anything else that, it w- that came before us. And so that begs the question, okay, well, let's, let's spend some time thinking about what makes the U.S. unique and what makes Americans in our culture unique. And if I had to guess... And again, like I'm not the purpose Pope. I would say that we have a divine purpose to be the first truly multicultural uh, nation. Uh, we're not. We are a salad. We are not a melting pot. We are a salad. But we, we govern as though we are a um, an apartheid. <laughs> we have a, a, basically a few... Uh, a few straight white guys near cities own and control everything <laughs> and everybody else is, you know, fending for themselves. So 
and, and of course, we have these beautiful purpose statements around e pluribus unum and life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And now that the science of purpose and the science of belonging are, sh- are showing us what actually life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness mean, it's like guaranteed living wage jobs, affordable health care. You, you have community around you. Um, you know, it's really basic stuff, like stuff that Maslow and Frankel and all those folks from the last century said, you got to do all those things. And America was like, no, we're not going to do any of those. <laughs> we're just going to keep making things and concentrating wealth around cities. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we've, we've got a big purpose gap, if you will. Beautiful statements and this purposeless expression. And work to do. Oh, my gosh, Brendan, that was so beautiful. We queued up. What I hear in all that is just possibility and work for oh, us yeah. to do. So we are we are already so close to the end of the show. I do want to give you a chance just to say just a couple last words, like maybe 15 seconds, just to close your thoughts, leave the listeners with. What would you like to say? Uh, stay curious. Uh, your purpose is out there. It's in here and it's going to keep evolving. Stay in relationship to it. Treat it like it's a lover. Ah, oh, that's good. That's a great way to finish. Thank you, Brandon. Really an honor and a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being you and being on the planet. My pleasure. Listeners and viewers, you want to learn more about this amazing man, his book, Planet on Purpose, the work he's doing at Unity Lab, or anything else he's up to in the world. Start by going to his website, brandonpeel.com. Let me spell that for you. Brandon, B-R-A-N-D-O-N-P-E-E-L-E.com. Last week, if you missed the live show, you can always catch a recorded podcast. We were on the air with John Baker, who's the CEO of D2L, Desire to Learn. And we were talking about the importance of and the role of continuing education and development in today's rapidly evolving workplace and marketplace. Uh, next week, we're going to be on the air with someone that I just had the chance to, to meet recently. And we're going to be talking about, about legacy. Um, he is uh, Dr. John Marcus. And so we'll be talking about the various levels of, of legacy and how we can go about creating it. See you there. Remember that works at least a third of our lives, so let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Dr. Elise Cortez, each week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll create a world where business operates conscientiously, leadership inspires impassioned performance, and employees are fulfilled in work that provides the meaning and purpose they crave. See you there. Let's work on purpose.